Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's Revolution Recap, a weekly review of the New England Revolution, Major League Soccer, and the U.S. National Team on WNRI AM 1380. And streaming live on the internet at WNRI.com. Brought to you by Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com. Covering the entire sport for the entire region for over 20 years. And now, Revolution Recap with your host, Sean Donahue. Welcome to Revolution Recap. I'm Sean Donahue, joined today in the studio by Dave Ackman, who just came back from a trip to England where he saw the U.S. national team take on uh, England. Made it back in time also to catch the Revolution game. Um, certainly an interesting game last night from the Revs. A very slow and kind of disappointing start. I know uh, Nickel wasn't too happy about it, and you know, the team in general wasn't too happy about it, but uh, he, he had Niasi starting up front in the absence of Kenny Mansali, who was away with the Gambian national team, and Taylor Twelman is still out with an ankle injury and looks like he's going to be out another couple weeks. Um, but in his absence, he decided to put Niasi up top. I actually thought that would have been a good idea. That was... Now, what I was hoping for from Nickel that he would put Niasi up, use his speed. Uh, but it didn't really work out. He wasn't combining well with, with Dubé. And uh, surprised, but at the same time, you know, happy to see that Nickel made a change early on there. In the 39th minute, it, it really paid off. It worked well. Uh, Chrisman, again, ended up scoring a goal. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Um, but he certainly played a lot better with Dubé. And Niasi certainly looked a lot better on the right wing. Set a nice, a nice cross right before halftime that uh, could have tied it up. Really surprising to see the Revs come out so slow against the you know a DC United team that's really struggled this year. Yeah, it, it seemed almost like they were a little bit hesitant to play through the midfield. They launched a lot of long balls up top, which really didn't seem to work too well. I, it, it seemed like Gallardo really controlled the midfield, which really set them back. I mean, they had almost no possession when they did. It was just lofting it forward to two guys against four, and that doesn't really work well when they're, you know, Dubé and Nayasi, who really haven't had a chance to really work together as the two center forwards, so it doesn't really... It didn't really surprise me, but when they brought Chrisman on and, you know, sort of had someone to hold it up and play it back to the midfielders, it sort of changed the game. And they actually looked did a lot better job, it seems like, uh, defending against Gallardo in the second half. Even though uh, D.C. Did get, out of, did get another goal, um, their chances were a lot more limited. Uh, I don't think you can say enough about the performance Matt Reese put in. Uh, clearly kept him in the game, made it, left it at one nothing at halftime. It could have been up three or four goals by that time with some of the shots they had. Um, even the goals they scored, Matt Reese had made some great saves you know, before that. Uh, Fred's goal in particular, he made you know, three or four point-blank saves before Fred put that away. A lot, some controversy over that one, actually. I know Nickel wasn't happy. Uh, Fred went down injured and then came back up to score that goal. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about, more about that after our first break. We had some comments from, uh, Heaps, from Jay Heaps as well as Matt Reese on that. Um, we do have Steve Nichols' comments, though, on the match. Uh, obviously, I'm happy with his Forest performance uh, and, and Twelman and Mansali's absence. I uh, was happy to see the heart that the Revs play with in the second half, but disappointed with the flat start. And th- did, th- did think D.C. outperformed them, which I agree with. They played very well in the first half, surprisingly well, uh, considering how they started off the season. Um, really didn't look like the same D.C. teams from the other games I've been watching them. They Particularly, they've been a team that started really slow this season, uh, but certainly not the case last night. But we will play Steve Nichols' comments now. The boys give uh, DC United a two to nothing uh, head start. Huh? I wouldn't say we gave them it; they took it. You know, as a as a football match, we got outplayed from start to finish. But sometimes, sometimes the good old heart gets you something that maybe you didn't deserve. And for the second half, anyway, I have no complaints. 
the effort and the commitment was every single thing they couldn't have given any more, uh, which got us a point. Because, as I said, goalkeepers made, what, five one-on-one saves to keep us in the game. So, as a football game, we got outplayed. But when it comes down to you know other elements of the game, uh, we've shown that when we need it, we can, we can bring it out. First half, it seemed like Niasi looked a little lost up front. You moved him back, and it seemed like you guys were more effective. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, we couldn't get the ball forward anyway. But the the change definitely helped us. That's that's without a shadow of doubt. Uh, you know, first half we were bringing them on to us, and we weren't getting, we couldn't get out. So we decided to switch it around and get in behind them. It seemed like Gallardo had a lot of space to operate in the first half. It seemed like you guys kind of closed him down a little better in the second. Well, we took him out of the game as much as we could. Um, you know, in the midfield. We were second, you know. We got outplayed completely first half. Um, second half, as I said, we we just we we played with our heart. That was all we did. Nothing complicated. As far as the the second goals concerned, um, you know, from now on, I'm certainly going to instruct my team that whenever somebody goes down injured, don't stop playing because, you know, they could have scored five. I, I, I certainly don't want to take away from that. They could have scored five goals, but the second goal they scored. You know, our team stopped playing. Uh, not only was our team telling them to kick it out, but their own players were telling them to kick it out. So, from that point of view, you know, somebody needs to do something because uh, in future my players will not be stopping. So what you say about uh, forwards? Uh, you're basically down forwards, yet they produced a couple of goals. Yeah, I mean, you can't ask for any more, can you? Um, long, may, long may they continue to score goals. We need to get them, we need to get them more of the ball, though. You know, when you've got some guys putting the ball in the net, you need to try and feed them all the time. So we need to do a better job of that. And again, that was Revolution head coach Steve Nichol on last night's match. Um, obviously happy with the comeback in the second half, but disappointed with their slow start. Um, really hard to explain that. Uh, I, I know I asked a couple of people um, after the game if maybe they took D.C. for granted the way they were playing this season, their bad record. Uh, no one would admit to that, but Chrisman actually did think that that might have been, you know, the one exception was Chrisman who actually thought that that might have been a factor. Um, Chris, speaking of Chrisman, he scored the game's first goal. He really kind of fallen off the radar for the Revs this year um, with Mansali uh, with Mansali and Dubé kind of taking over the second and third forward spots with Swamman out. He hadn't played in a couple of games, and he came off the bench and you know, put in a good performance. No, definitely. I thought his performance was really what changed the game. I mean, up until he was in the game, they looked like they had no chance to create any offense. Once he got in, he sort of slowed the game down, let the forwards, you know, run off of him, let Dubé get open, let Niasi move to the wing where he could use his speed. So it really, you know, opened up everything. I thought his insertion really was what got us two points, or one point. And certainly good good time for Chrisman to score when he's falling down the depth charts. And yeah. uh, I would imagine that in, with Mansali still out for another couple of weeks for in national team duty and, you know, Twelman out that Chrisman will get a couple more starts because certainly that looked like the, you know, the better combination up top. But we do have uh, Chrisman's comments from last night, what he thought of, what he saw on the goal and, you know, his opinion of why the Revs got off to a slow start. Really, he watched the, the slow start from the bench, so uh, he had a different viewpoint on that. I mean, I think I think we deserve that point. I, I think we could have even snuck in a win. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, we definitely had a slow start, and sitting on the sidelines for the first uh, half an hour just seemed like every bounce was going their way. I would uh, said to one of the guys on the bench that every tackle that we went into the ball bounced right to one of their guys and you know sometimes you have those games where the ball is just not bouncing your way Um, score score a goal kind of early and puts us off but we uh, you know 
put in the work and, and got a point on it. What was uh, the problems in the first half from your perspective? You watched the first half. Yeah, the you know, just uh, I, I don't think we got good enough pressure on them uh, earlier on. And, um, you know, once you can put some attacking def- pressure on them up high, you know, mm-hmm. you can get, get balls turned over in the midfield rather mm-hmm. than in the back. Um, and you can kind of get at them a little bit that way. Mm-hmm. I think we did that a little bit more in the second half. Um, kind of intercepted a lot more balls around midfield, and then we're uh, you know a six on four, or, you know, you know having some some man up attacks going at them. And can you talk about your goal? All I remember is Kelly Doobie shot it, deflected, and fell right in front of me, and I was just in the perfect spot, like, just standing there, so uh, just able to pass it in the goal. Are you surprised by DC's level of play tonight after their performance? Yeah, you know, I mean, they they have a lot of good players. They're still the same team from last year. They won the supporter shield minus, you know, a couple of guys. So, um, you know, they can play. They can pass the ball around. And, and uh, you know, I, I'm not surprised. I mean, they can any team can come out and play with the, the quality players that are in this league. So we're... I think they caught us off guard. Maybe we we expected them not to to come out like they did, considering their their position on you know on the road and they're they're standing right now on the table. But we were caught off guard by it. But try and make the most and at least get a point out of it. Again, that was uh, Revolution striker Adam Christman who scored the game's first goal, the Revs' first goal of the game, get, bringing it back to two to one. Um, he did say that it might have been a factor there that uh, they weren't really expecting that kind of performance out of DC. Um, you know, even if you prepare for a game like this and you, know, you tell yourself how oh, DC can come out, I think subconsciously, even you know, knowing that DC is last place in the Eastern Conference, it might have had an effect on you know the Revs' slow start. Yeah, especially you know, I mean, you know, you hear these things like you know they've given up 20 goals this year walking going into that match. So you, I mean, even if you try to work around it, you know that that's sitting there, it's out there. Everyone sort of understands that that's what's happened. So I mean, you can let complacency set in in a situation like that, even if you try not to. And, of course, the other goal scorer last night, Kelly Dubé. You know, what can you say about him? Three starts now, uh, game-winning goals in both of his first two starts, and then a game-tying goal tonight. Um, you know, he, he, isn't, he hasn't had that many chances, but the ones he has had, he's taken very well. Um, last night, a great setup by uh, Jeff Lerunowitz off the uh, Ralston free kick. Lerunowitz was wide open. Dubé was pretty much wide open. Uh, really shoddy defense, defending there from uh, D.C. United, but Lerunowitz you know, crossed the ball back across the goal. And uh, Dubé was right there to head it into the empty net. Yeah, definitely. I thought both of those headers were perfect. I mean, Laurentowitz really put it right across the face of goal and gave Dubé a chance to just glide it right into that corner. Uh, the cross itself was a really nice play, too. And, I mean, Dubé really had a great game otherwise. I thought his first chance right before halftime was also nice. He took it off his chest and shot it and was going to go top corner, and except it hit the defender's shoulder. I mean, how many times do you see that happen? So, I mean, I thought he really had a great game. Yeah, and Dubé... Uh, talking to him after the game, he's a really a, a humble guy, and you know, if you you try to give any credit to him, I always say, oh, anyone in this team, there's such a great team that can do it. But you know, he really does deserve a lot of credit for you know coming in the late round draft pick in the supplemental draft, and you know the impact he's had on this team. But we do have his comments from last night, uh, what he saw on the goal, and you know, why the team kind of changed things around in the second half, especially when Crispin came on. But you guys were going to get, uh, you know, they had all the possession and didn't look like you were going to get too many chances. Did you feel that uh, you were going to be able to come back? Yeah, because, uh, you know, I, I believe in, in team spirit. Because this team is, even if we're struggling, keep on working as a team. So that's the most important thing about the, 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 the team so far. That's what I've seen. Like, even if we're losing, we keep on going. So I think that helped us a lot today. Sort of describe the goal. You didn't get too many chances. 
you know, some, some days you're not going to get chances, but you know, you get one or two chances. So you have to utilize those kind of chances, you know. And it's, it's kind of tough in this league, you know. We've got big defenders, and for us, small forwards, it's kind of really hard to get those chances, especially when you're playing the ball on the air. So. Yeah, did you think you'd get a headed goal in a game like this, or you probably just break away? It's just another of creating a space, you know. If you're playing with the big guys, you need to just beat. So it happened, the space opened, like Jeff had, like, did a good assist to me, so. You got the the free kick. I mean, you went down pretty hard on that. Yeah, yeah. These guys were coming hard at us, you know. Yeah. If they know you faster, then what they do is just kick you. So, you got three starts now, and you've got a, a two game winning goals and a game tying goal in those three starts. Did you ever expect to have such an impact on the team at this point? No, with this kind of, you know, with this, with the players that are around around you, you know, you can make a difference. Like every player is good here, so. Whoever gets a chance, I think you make the same impact I'm doing right now. So it's just a matter of getting getting a chance to be in the team and making a difference. What was the difference in the second half? It seemed like you got a lot more. You know, the team in general had more chances going forward. I, I think we started moving forward well. You know, like in the first half we didn't move forward because I think Seni is not used to playing up top. You know, so when Adam came in, it was much better because we were closer to each other. You know, so I think the introduction of Adam helped us a lot today. And again, that was uh, the Revolution striker Kelly Dubé who scored the second game, the second game goal of the game, uh, which ended up being the game tire. Uh, another good performance from him. He's really, you know, stepped up in Twelman's absence. Um, three goals in the season now, leading the Revs in scoring. Uh, but really, all the fours in the Revs have, you know, the the four that have played have really stepped things up in Twelman's absence. Uh, certainly, he's, he's very missed from this team. I think he probably could have had a couple goals last night that you know, maybe the other fours didn't do as well with, and certainly. Uh, there's been a lot of chances this year, but uh, it's been impressive that the Reds have done so well in the absence of their star striker. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, they've gotten a little contribution from everyone. Niasi scored, Mansali scored, Chrisman's now scoring, Dubé. I mean, so it's not one guy that's come in and replaced him. It's really taken everyone on the roster to do it, but that's why you need to build depth. That's why you look for these younger guys and try to, you know, develop them as, as to fit into your system because you never know when injuries are going to happen. And I think Nickel really did a good job, you know, bringing in guys like Fernandez and things like that just to, you know, have good depth in the team. Well, we are going to take a quick break here, and then we'll be back to talk a little about the uh, controversy surrounding Fred's goal that we touched on earlier. Um, we have some comments on that, as I said, from uh, Matt Reese and uh, defender Jay Heaps. I already heard Nichols' comments on that one. A uh, little bit more discussion on that uh, after the break. for soccer in New England? It's all right here at Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com. New England's premier soccer magazine celebrating over 20 years of in-depth soccer coverage. Professional teams, college soccer, men's and women's amateur leagues, youth and high school teams. Soccer New England Magazine's got it covered. Looking for youth soccer camps? You'll find them here. Dedicated to bringing the excitement of soccer home to you with stories, scores, and insights in both print and on the web. Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com. Covering the entire sport for the entire region for over 20 years. The 
National Soccer Hall of Fame is every fan's dream. It's the history of the game in pictures and video, World Cups and jerseys. Visit us online at www.soccerhall.org and plan your trip to Oneonta. And now back to Revolution Recap with Sean Donahue on WNRI AM 1380. Thanks for joining us today. Again, now, uh, coming back from the break, I'm joined today in studio by Dave Ackman, who, as I mentioned, was fresh coming back from uh, the England, where he saw the U.S.-England match at Wembley Stadium on Wednesday, on the Revolution match on Thursday. Uh, we were talking a little about the, uh, the issue with Fred, where he went down injured at the top of the box, um, according to Nickel, according to Reese and uh, Heaps, all the players that I talked to after the game, uh, both teams are yelling for him to kick the ball out of bounds. And then uh, Fred got up on the th- – that's partially why the team was just standing there. It looked you know, really shoddy defending there on that goal. Uh, but that's their explanation for just standing there. Um, but as I said, uh, calling for the ball to be kicked out of bounds. And Fred gets up and comes and scores on the uh, – really the rebound from the third shot there. Uh, wh- what did you think of that play? Uh, I, that's a tough situation. I mean, every once in a while you see that kind of go on where a guy, you know, is down and they all yell to kick it out. And, you know, most of the time they do. They, you know, one team or the other manages to kick it out. But, I mean, there has been times in the past where no one kicks it out and the play goes on and everyone sort of gets testy at it. And, I mean, it's unfortunate that that's the kind of way that a goal scores because, you know, usually there is that sort of sportsmanship where even if it's your own team, you play it out or if it's someone else, you play it out. And then, I mean, there's no rule that says that they have to. So, I mean, the goal, you really can't argue with it. You just sort of wish that, you know, if that's kind of happening, that it does get played out. Yeah, it's, a, it's a tough situation, but uh, really the refs need to play on in a situation like that. They can't just stand there watching. You know, as, as much as much as they feel like it should have been kicked out. Uh, but I, I know Nickel talked about that after the game. That they got it. That's something I need to work on. And I also have uh, Matt Reese's comments, who, as I mentioned, as we mentioned earlier, played an excellent game. Uh, talked about that performance and you know how many shots he really had to save and uh, maybe doing more work than he'd hoped for. But uh, great performance from Reese and also the comments. A little bit more on that Fred situation and the goal there. Been a little more active the past couple of games than you'd like. Well, I mean, the crew game, I I think I had one or two saves. So we we did really well against the crew, limiting their chances. Uh, Tonight we definitely weren't uh, weren't good for the first hour. Um, We were second to every ball. We were slow mentally and physically. And, you know, it took us going down two goals. I mean, in Columbus last last week, you get three when you think you might get one. Tonight, you get one when you think maybe you get nil. I mean, how important is it with everybody out to just kind of get points and just kind of keep going even when things aren't clicking as much? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, you know, for our fans, we've been pretty average at home, um, which is strange because we've, you know, over the last couple of years, we've been very, very good at home. And, um, you know, we've just come out slow and... You know, it's something that we need to remedy and, and find out why we're doing it and, and, and get better. Um, we do have a few absences, but you know what? That's going to happen throughout the year. And we have a, a strong enough and deep enough squad that, um, you know, we should be trying to get three points every game. And, and that's what we try to do. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. What was the difference in the second half? It seemed like even before their goal that you were doing a, a, the team was doing a better job uh, keeping Gallardo off the ball and... Yeah. You know, we came in at halftime and, and Stevie let us have it and told us how bad we are. And, um, you know, it was a time for us to, you know, mentally check ourselves and, and decide whether we wanted to, to play for a win or, or just curl up and go home. And 
we we tried and we we played and you know wouldn't have been surprised if we would have got out of here with three points, but you know we fought back and and, and showed a lot of resolve and heart and and got one. Were you surprised at all at how well DC played after you know some of the struggles they've had this season? No, you look at their roster. They got great players. They got good players up and down the field in every position, and it's just only going to be a matter of time before they click and and start playing well and. Uh, you know, every team in this league is like that. You know, the teams are going to go through high points and low points, and you can't take any night off or else you're going to get blasted. And we should mention that, as we said, uh, D.C. still has a great squad, but they did have a lot of uh, losses in the offseason. I know we had uh, Dave Lifton on from BookedForDescent.com last week um, talking about that. And, of course, uh, D.C. lost uh, Troy Perkins, their starting goalkeeper. Zach Wells put in a good performance last night. Certainly can't fault him, but... Uh, overall this season, he hasn't certainly hasn't done as good of a job as Troy Perkins. And then, of course, uh, Ben Olsen, uh, really kind of an underrated player in their midfield, uh, gone down with an ankle injury that might end his career, uh, let alone this season. Uh, and then, uh, as well, they lost um, Bobby Boswell in the center of defense to trade for Zach Wells. Um, maybe not the biggest loss, replaceable player, but their defense is really the, the weak spot of this team, I think, we saw last night. Because when their offense gets going, it's very dangerous, but... Uh, whenever the Revs tested their defense, it looked shaky. Yeah, definitely. You could see that they they really had weakness. I mean, even defending that one set piece by uh, that led to the Dubé goal. I mean, there was just no man marking back there, and I mean that's the kind of thing that you know you you have a great offense, but if you can't stop anyone, it's not going to matter. I mean, and that's sort of what happened today. I mean, they've scored a bunch of goals. I think that's 14 on the air, but they've given up 22. It's hard to move your way up the table when you're giving up that many goals in in a season. Yeah, and surprising from uh, DC after. You know, finishing first in the East last year, but I guess those losses were too hard to take. And I should mention Christian Gomez too, uh, really their playmaker in the midfield. Uh, but he's really been replaced by Gallardo. Uh, at the same time, as good as Gallardo is, um, bringing him in as a designated player, I'm not quite sure he fits into their system as well as uh, Gomez had. Yeah, Gomez was a very, you know, a very different player. At least you know the past couple of years before. He, he moved on, uh, and it's it's a different style. It's sort of like you know trying to move Danielson into Dallas. I mean, either it's going to work or it's not because they're a, def- a definite a style adjustment that's going to have to take place for everyone around them. They they play the ball differently. They they sort of need the ball at their feet, and you have to work off of them. Whereas Gomez was more sort of a quick passing, you know, kind of got into the top of the box and was open for shots and different styles. So it's going to take a while for them to all click. That's why I mean, even with that much talent, you know, it's not. It's not surprising that they're off to a slow start. It's going to take time for all that to work into place. But, I mean, I think you saw what can happen once they start going. And Fred put in a very good performance last night. I think uh, he was probably D.C.'s man of the match um, as well. as We talked about the goal and the controversy there, and I actually have the count from Jay Heaps that will play in just a little bit. But uh, I think he's played a lot better this season, actually. Uh, despite D.C. being you know a weaker team this year than they were last year, I think he's one player that has upped his game this year, both offensively and uh, even last night, showing some work defensively. Yeah, definitely. I thought he thought I thought he did do well tracking back. I thought he, you know, scored the goal, which you know you should in that kind of a situation. But you know he was there. I mean, in coming off of last season, I think he had what seven goals and eight assists last year, or something like that. So it wasn't like he didn't score last year either. But you know he's definitely sort of stepped up and become a more complete player this year, which is kind of dangerous if they can get going at the rest of the defense and at goalkeeping. You know, they they have a really talented offensive attack. And before we get off the subject of Fred, I will play those uh, Jay Heaps comments. Uh, he was clearly frustrated uh, by what happened there. You know, thought the ball should have been kicked out of bounds. Um, but we have his comments on that and the uh, his overall comments on the game. We can play those now. Just one of those things that, you know, I, I thought that you know, we should have done better with it. But you know, having said that, it's kind of like, uh, you know, when you go down with an injury, if you're going to stay down, you should stay down. You shouldn't get up halfway through. 
Uh, what are you guys doing? I mean, Stevie said you're going to just play through it. So. we got to play through it. I mean, I think that that's, you know, you want to be sportsmanlike and you want to make sure everyone's healthy. You know, you're not at risk for, for injury. But, you know, you can't fake it and go down. So, I mean, you know, fool us once, you know, sh- you know, shame on you. Fool us twice, shame on us. So that's the way I feel about it. And if, if we stop one more time. And, and that's why I went through on the plays is that Amelia went to go through again when he saw his man down right in front of him the second time. So mm. that's the way, you know. This league's going to make us play it, then that's the way it's got to be played. Uh, what was it? Uh, you're down two goals, not really playing that well. Nah. You know, did you think there anything out of this game? Yeah, I did. I really did. I mean, I think that we we did not. We were on like a, you know, we're like an eight cylinder. We were playing on a three cylinder tonight. It was, you know, we weren't we weren't getting the ball um, up top to the forwards in good positions. We weren't, um, you know, doing anything that we do competing. I guess competing is what we really weren't doing. We didn't play with heart in that first half and. And, um, you know, as a guy that, that tries to bring that, um, you know, I'm, I was disappointed that I wasn't able to, um, you know, carry that over and, and kind of have that go on the guys. So we kind of sat flat, and that's, you know, I put the blame on myself and, you know, the, the senior guys on this team for having a flat start. Having said that in the second half, you know, even after we gave up that goal, I knew the way we started that we were going to get more um, more opportunities and, and kind of put them under pressure, and that's what we needed to do. And, and once we put them under pressure, kind of, uh, you know, we got them going back a little bit. That's, you know, where we need to get, you know, that's how we need to start the game, and it would have been a whole different outcome. What was the difference defensively in the second half? It seemed even, you, know, you gave up another goal, but really limited their chances compared to the first half. I think it was where we started putting pressure on them. You know, I think in the first half we were, we were losing the ball kind of in a tough position, so they were able to kind of come at us, and we were losing it at our midfield. The second half, if we push forward, we'd lose it um, you know, further away from you know, midfield more in their half. And again, that was a revolution defender, Jay Heaps, on the, the game last night. Uh, and Heaps, obviously, as a uh, didn't have, I don't think Heaps actually had one of his better games last night. I think the Revolution defense in general this year has kind of been inconsistent where they've played, you know, maybe a good game and then they haven't, you know, brought, brought, played like really consecutive good games in a row. Even Parkhurst last night didn't seem to be at his, you know, best form. Uh, I, is that partially because of Heaps playing on the left? But uh, certainly there has been some games where he's done very well there. Yeah, I mean, and you bring in Albright and you change that whole idea and they've tried, you know, four-man back lines and they've tried this. And, I mean, when you don't have consistency in your back line and, I mean, Albright was out injured, then he was back in the lineup and things like that. You bring in Igwe, you bring in Hildjian Brink, you bring in all these different players and it's going to make it hard. I mean, that was one good thing that they had for the longest time. It was either John or Riley, Parkhurst and Heaps. And when you have that kind of cohesive unit, you know, it makes the communication with the keeper easier. It makes everything a lot easier. So when you have this turnover, you're going to expect some some up and downs uh, but certainly Reese uh came up big to you know to save them in a lot of cases last night oh definitely I mean that first save on Emilio when he you know slowed it down enough for Parkhurst to clear it off the line when he came out on and then you know kicked the one-on-one over the post I mean I thought that was huge too because they had just you know brought it close and I mean those are the kind of saves that make him his money then, then the other question is is, is Albright really uh in his strengths in a 3-5-2 formation it seems like he's a guy that you know, some of his best uh, performances have been going forward on on that right flank. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's, you know, where he has played most of his career has been in the, you know, well, he started as a striker, and then, you know, he sort of worked his way back to, a, you know, a right back kind of a position. And, I mean, I think even when he was in L.A., his best, you know, play was when he was, you know, crossing it from, you know, deep in the other, I mean, other half. And I, I don't know if he has all the tools it takes to be in a three-man back line. I think that's probably why they tried going to a four-man back line for a while, but... I mean, he is what you have right now. And we do have uh, actually some of his comments from last night as well. Um, I know I know he talked a little bit about D.C. United's 
rivalry with the Revs and even, even not being a part of that. But, of course, the Galaxy, their own, having a you know, great rivalry with the Revs. And uh, he certainly didn't sound like somebody who you know, expected a weak performance out of D.C. Um, certainly they didn't give one coming out there, but we do have his comments, so we can play those now. I kind of felt that way about us in, in warm-ups a little bit. Mm-hmm. You don't want to say it, <laughs> but you could tell we just weren't. Mm-hmm. We weren't ourselves, you know, and uh, they're a team that we knew we were going to be able to come out and possess the ball. And I think that when you're flat and the other team is a team that is able to keep possession, it presents problems because then you're just you're kind of chasing the game. We were a step slow the entire first half. How do you fix that? I mean, you can talk about it, guys. Let's go. Let's you know, let's step it up a notch. Let's get our energy. But it's. You know, it's uh, I, I I don't know how to explain it. It's just something that you, you kind of see. You know, if you've played enough games, and there's, it's kind of corrected. I think as the game goes on, as as bad you know as as bad as that may sound, that's that's just kind of how it is. You see, I mean, basically they had possession. They had most of the game. You know, is it? Uh, you know, is there anything you can, can do against them the next time, or like their second half was a little bit better? Get a hold. Of, I mean, I think get a hold of them. A little better in the midfield, and that's not putting it on our midfielders. But you know, Jaime dropped so deep in the midfield, and they got a few guys that can place change. And when they, when you got guys that are talented, can keep the ball and can change places, it makes it difficult to kind of get a hold of them because you wind up chasing guys and then opening up gaps in behind you. So they're, they're, they're difficult in that sense. Uh, you know, I think next time, I think if we make it more of a fight from the beginning as opposed to. Uh, a soccer game. That's maybe a better way to uh, to at least start the game. Not to say that we can't play. I mean, we can put the ball down and play too. But it's uh, it's one way to kind of you know maybe be successful against them. At the same time, were you surprised at all at how they came out to start the first half? Based on, you know, the past performances this season. No, I mean they're you know, I mean I haven't been a part of this rivalry that long, but you know these teams have been going at each other for a lot of years. We knew all week that they were going to come in here and it was going to be the same DC United team that we've seen for the last few years. We didn't think it was going to be any different. Uh, you know, we just didn't step up early. And for a game where we weren't very good to, to get a point in the end at home, it's not great. But, you know, we, we prevented them from getting three. So I think there's some good to take away from it. And we played better as the game went on. And, you know, it's a, uh, it's a tough league to win, you know, five, six, seven games in a row. And there's a lot of parity. All Everybody can play, so. They brought it tonight more than we did. Chris, can you just talk about the performance of Matt tonight? Oh, I mean, he kept us in it. It could have been, it could have been a lot worse. Uh, hats off to him. I mean, he, uh, we'd be, we'd all have our heads down right now, and they'd have three points, and it, it could be, uh, could be a lot uglier. But he kept us in it. But that's why he's the best. So he better do that, and I'm gonna have words with him. <laughs> Again, that was our Revolution defender Chris Albright on uh, last night's match, and. Uh, the Revs' performance there. Uh, interesting that he talks about them coming out flat in training. That's a little surprising to hear. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why that would happen, or you know, is there anything that you can think of that would explain something like that? I mean, I really can't. I mean, that's just one of those things that you know. I guess it just sort of happens over the course of a season. But I mean, it wasn't like it was bad weather. It wasn't. I mean, I don't know why you would come out flat in a game like that. I, I got to think that you know, that's another another thing that le- leads credence to the that maybe they did look at this DC squad and. 
uh, expected to walk all over them like some of the other teams have been doing this year. Yeah, I mean, you never know what, what goes on in the minds of players before a game. I guess everyone takes it a little differently. But, you know, when you come out flat as a team, it just sort of means that you just weren't were amped up and you'd think that it would be for a team like D.C. But, I mean, I guess the way that this season started for them, I guess you could slow down a little bit. And one guy we haven't mentioned yet, actually, is Shawry Joseph. But I think you can't underrate his performance in that game. He uh, didn't really get on the stat sheet, but uh, he really created that first goal winning you know, down there, making some great moves to keep the ball up in the corner and then get it down to Castro, who was sent in the, uh, the cross that led to the uh, first goal from Christman. Um, really an overall great performance. In the second half especially, he really picked things up. He's been a constant for the Revs all year, with maybe uh, the exception of the Chicago game uh, at home. Uh, he's really been a great player for the Revs this year, played in every single, matches, every single match, and uh, along with Parkhurst and Reese. And that's been part of the reason why the Revs have done so well. Yeah, I think, you know, he's he's been like this for as long as I can remember him getting here. He's always been the, you know, the key cog in that midfield as he plays the Sotos and the rest of the team. I thought, you know, maybe he didn't have the best job, you know, defending Gallardo in the first, you know, few minutes of the game. But I think right after that, he turned it around and really, really made it hard for anyone to move through that center of the defense. And I thought, you know, his play really turned the tempo in the midfield. It also seemed like they switched things up a bit, too, with... uh with Jeff Lerona was actually moving and playing a little bit further back and not making so many runs forward. And that certainly helped with our defending of Gallardo. It almost looked closer to a four-man back line the way Laurentiis was playing in that second half. Uh, but that move certainly changed things around a bit, too, and helped the Revs defensively. Uh, but we did talk to Shari Joseph last night. Um, certainly he was happy to see the Revs turn things around, but uh, didn't really have an explanation for why the Revs started flat. Uh, he also talked a bit about the Revs' upcoming game, uh, that, that game being a doubleheader with, with uh, Brazil-Venezuela and the Revs playing FC Dallas. Should be a, a very big crowd for that. Not sure how many tickets have been sold yet, but I've been told that, you know, a great deal of tickets here. Close, you know, getting up there, uh, sold, selling very fast. Not sure how many are left, but uh, should be a great game and a great crowd. And we have uh, Joseph's comments on last night's game and also looking forward to that one. Being down to nothing at home is a hard score to come back from. Matt kept us in it. It was huge for us tonight because we gave away t- way too much chances and way too much shots, and we were still pushing, trying to get that first one. And once we get that first one, mm-hmm. we were just trying to build more momentum to get the second one, and then we get it. And I think we let our foot off the pedal a little bit and then trying to get the winner. But it was huge that we got a point tonight coming back from 2 nothing down. It seemed like you really stepped up in the second half, played a lot better, a little more aggressive, really went forward. I think the whole team stepped up in the first half. We came out the block slow for some reason again at home, and I think it's coming to a point where we're coming out of the blocks way too slow, and we home and we all fans a lot better performance, especially in the first half. And second half, we did what we needed to, to take control of the game, to dictate the game and control the game. And that was huge for us. That's why I think we got a point in that. We did everything we did. Everything we did in the second half, we didn't do that all in the first half. Assuming on the first goal, you went forward, you went through a couple of defenders, got the uh, got the ball out to, to Mauricio. To Mauricio, yeah, he played a great ball into. I think it was Kelly and Adam in the, in the box. So that's what we got to do. We got to get the white guys involved early and get the ball. And if we get it to Sani, Kenny, Mauricio, whoever is out there, get them the ball early so they can do their stuff. And we wasn't doing that as much in the first half. DC came out a lot faster than really they have you know, in any game this season. Did that have anything to do with you know, kind of why you started flat with her and maybe not expecting them to come out the way they did? Nah, DC is a great team. They slow. They started sluggish. They're not winning games, but they got players on that team. They got Jaime. They got Fred. They got good guys on the team that can play the game. So tonight they were all over us. Whether we let them, we let them play. It was our fault for coming out so slow and giving them the opportunity to ping the ball and to pass the ball around. 
that's on us, but they're still a good team, and they're going to be one of those contenders coming to the end that I think we're going to have to face. Are you looking forward to your next week playing in front of a you know, big crowd? Yeah, I'm always looking forward to playing in, at home because our fans are loyal, and they come out and they shout no matter what's going on. And to have Brazil come in here, I think the stadium's going to be really packed, and it'll be a really nice atmosphere to play in front of. So everybody's looking forward to the next week. And again, that was our Revolution midfielder, Shari Joseph, who, as I mentioned, has played in every game this year, uh, started every game this year. Um, should be noted that, uh, as you mentioned, the Revs haven't been too good at home this year. They've been a great road team, uh, only 2-2-1 two, two and one at home. Um, playing in front of a big crowd next week, I think that's an important game that they get a win uh, if they want to win over some you know, more fans going in to the rest of the season. Yeah, definitely. It's one of those games where you can, you know, sort of grab some of those neutral fans. I mean, if you even grab a handful out of that, you know, I mean, if it's another 60,000 like it was last time for Brazil, I mean, if you can grab a couple of those guys and make them even come to a couple more games, it really changes the atmosphere. And, I mean, you know, that's kind of big. If you can get, a, you know, a bunch of people behind the home fans or the home team, it really, you know, energizes a team. You got to wonder too about uh, how many people there have bought tickets and now find that uh, Hakka won't be playing in that game. Uh, a couple other players as well. Obviously, they already knew Ronaldinho wasn't going to be making it. Uh, Ronaldo, uh, still a strong Brazil squad, but a couple of the big stars are going to be missing out in that game. Yeah, and I mean, I hope that doesn't really affect it. I mean, every you know friendly match has its you know chance for it to be you know a B B plus kind of a team instead of an A squad. So, I mean, I think they you know going into it, you you know what it is, and hopefully that most of those fans will be coming out not just for Kaká or Ronaldinho, but you know just to see the atmosphere and see you know some good good play. And and then of course uh, they're playing Venezuela, uh, maybe not not a team that's going to bring the crowds that Mexico would in this area, but uh, certainly an interesting team. Um, I haven't actually seen their roster, but uh, they have some great players coming in. It should be make for a great match. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and, and it's you know another you know South American you know kind of a rivalry match from the from the, you know all the cups that they play down there, World Cup qualifying. So it's not like it's you know two teams that you know have no history or no you know they they play hard each each year in qualifying. They play hard you know during their America's Cups and things like that. So I mean, I think it's going to be a good match with two highly talented squads. And, of course, Dallas playing uh, the Revs earlier on should make for another great match. Um, Dallas has uh, been a mediocre team this year, but uh, some, some great goals from Kenny Cooper on that team. Uh, Dominic Odoro has also come on late yep. to score some impressive yep. goals lately. Uh, and, and they're a team that I, I would imagine has plenty of motivation going up against the Revs team that uh, not only beat them in the Open Cup final last year down in Dallas, but also beat them earlier this season, one nothing in Dallas, uh, minus six starters. So this is probably going to be a Dallas team that's going to be looking to make a, you know, a statement and should make for a great game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think anytime you beat a team in their own stadium and then have to come back and play them at home, it always makes it, you know, a little bit tougher because, you know, they're going to want a little bit of revenge, want to beat you on your field now that you've beaten them on theirs. So, you know, I think Dallas will come out highly motivated. And, and I think, you know, they do have great attackers in Cooper. I mean, Odoro's shown that he can become a great sub, you know, that, you know, a la Dorman a few years ago where, you know, he can change the match late in the, late in the game, even if it's close. So, I mean, you've got to watch out, even if they've had, you know, a tough year so far. I think we saw yesterday, you know, yesterday with DC that it doesn't matter how a team's played in the past as long as they have talent. You never know when it's all going to come together. And of course, they actually uh, fired their coach Steve Morrow uh, a little bit earlier this month, so that might change things too with a different coach uh, taking over this team. You, you never know what to expect. And Dallas has been a very good team in the past, and they have a, a very talented squad. So uh, definitely, it should be an exciting match. We are going to take another quick break here, and then we'll be back. Uh, talk a little bit about the uh, U.S. men's national team game uh, against England on Wednesday where they fell 2 to nothing to England uh, that Dave was actually in attendance with. Uh, so we'll be right back. 
Soccer Hall of Fame is every fan's dream. It's the history of the game in pictures and video, World Cups and jerseys. Visit us online at www.soccerhall.org and plan your trip to Oneonta. Looking for soccer in New England? It's all right here at Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com. New England's premier soccer magazine celebrating over 20 years of in-depth soccer coverage. Professional teams, college soccer, men's and women's amateur leagues, youth and high school teams. Soccer New England Magazine's got it covered. Looking for youth soccer camps? You'll find them here. Dedicated to bringing the excitement of soccer home to you with stories, scores, and insights in both print and on the web. Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com covering the entire sport for the entire region for over 20 years. And now back to Revolution Recap with Sean Donahue on WNRI AM 1380. Welcome back to Revolution Recap. I'm Sean Donahue joined today in studio by uh, Dave Ackman uh, as promised, we'll talk a little bit about the uh, U.S.-England match uh, back from Wednesday. Uh, I know you were at the match. Uh, certainly U.S., uh, interesting squad choice. Landon Donovan out, that certainly has an effect and you know, really hurts this team because we all know how good Donovan is. He uh, would have gone for his 100th, 100th cap in that game, too. Um, and, of course, Donovan, the U.S. all-time leading scorer, U.S. all-time leading assister. Uh, can't understate his value to this team. But uh, interesting choice for them to put in Josh Wolf. I was kind of hoping they might give Freddie Adu a chance to start. Uh, Wolf didn't fail to disappoint. I, I'd say in this game, where he, I, I've, I must admit, I have not been impressed by Wolf for for years now. He used to be a, a very good player. Um, then he had a, the injury back. I think before um, before he went to KC, around the time we went to KC, yeah. um, and he hasn't been had he hasn't had the same speed that is you know defi- that defined his game in his earlier years. Yeah, definitely. I don't think he's been you know an impact player for quite a few years. I mean, I don't understand why he was starting in this match i think maybe they probably wanted someone with a little bit of international experience up top i'm not sure exactly what they were hoping for but uh he really didn't do very much i thought adu when he was on really made much more of his you know small time on the field and of course they paired him up top with eddie johnson another guy who's not in you know very good form hasn't been playing a lot for uh fulham lately um he played all right in the game a little bit better than josh wolf but uh still uh, at the same time of course the fours didn't get too much service from the midfield um, certainly not the kind that Eddie Johnson is, you know, is, does his best at, but n- not a great performance from either forward. I don't think either of them has advanced their case, you know, to lock up a starting spot on this team. No, definitely. I think the U.S. is still looking for who will be that other forward next to Donovan. Assuming Donovan's healthy, he should he'll have one of those spots locked up. But I think you know it's always a question of who's going to be paired with him. Uh, I don't know if anyone really advanced their their standing too too much in that game. I thought you know England 
played like they should have. They they really took the control of the match, and and the U.S. really was on their back heels most of the match. It should be noted too that the uh, U.S. was didn't bring over too many MLS players. Yeah. Guys like Brian Ching, who you know is a good option to start up top. Uh, a lot a lot of guys from MLS that could have probably contributed to this team, you know, weren't there. That's why it was mostly uh, England-based squad. So. A couple guys I thought did did show well. Eddie Lewis off the bench. Yeah. Um, his set piece service was really good, but he also did a couple times where he came down the field and you know beat beat men one on one. I wasn't still sure he could do that, but uh, I think he's done a very good job you know coming into this match and you know was for for his age I think he's still got a spot in this team. Yeah, I think you know and he brings a lot of versatility. I mean I know you don't love to see him at left back, but he always gives you that option if someone gets injured in the middle of a match and he's on the bench, he gives you flexibility or if he's in the game you can bring someone off the bench and slide him around. And I think you know you can never under, underestimate having a little bit of experience especially in World Cup qualifiers on the road. I mean things like that. I mean having a guy like him would be useful. And, and that substitution too bringing on Eddie Lewis and Freddie Do uh, really provided the U.S. with their first chances. I know Lewis had a great cross there in the 81st minute that, you know, after beating his man, I think it was a corner kick that got cleared back out to him. Uh, he, he beat his man. He sent in a great cross to the far post. Uh, David James just barely got a hand on him. Yep. But there were two men on the far post. Uh, if he if he has that any differently, that's going in the back of the net. No, definitely. I thought that was, you know, a, a great set piece. It was, uh, you know, it was dangerous. I mean, when David James has to go out and dive at an angle and get, you know, just a couple fingertips on it to push it over the, you know, the, the heads of the guys that are behind him, that's always a dangerous thing. I mean, if it doesn't go far enough, it's going to be put into the net. If it, you know, if he misses, it's going to, you know, leave a wide open net. So I thought James did a great job there, but, you know, it was a great set piece. You certainly saw the difference in quality between these teams, particularly on set pieces with David Beckham. Uh, You can never overrate him and his ability on set pieces. Of course, he providing the assist to John Terry uh, on the first goal there, um, playing an overall pretty good game for Beckham, came out at halftime. But then on the other side, you had Beasley taking set pieces. Uh, I thought he looked pretty bad. Uh, Corner kicks not not in good places at all. Um, Couldn't get some of his shots over the wall. Uh, obviously, Landon Donovan's usually the choice for that when he's out there. Uh, even he, he's not certainly not a player of uh, of Beckham's caliber when it comes to set pieces, but uh, an improvement over Beasley, who didn't look good last night. Uh, Lewis uh, certainly looked a lot better. Uh, Freddie Dew took some set pieces. Uh, he wasn't very impressive either on them, but uh, I, I think he's better than he showed last night uh, in that particular facet of his game. Yeah, definitely. I think you know you look at Beckham; he turned every. Every foul into something that was dangerous. I mean, they had that one goal that was waved off, but I mean, even that service that was, you know, was just right on the money and gave, you know, the perfect chance for another goal. I think, you know, when you have that kind of a player, it always makes every foul that much more dangerous. I mean, you know, you know, against teams in the MLS, every once in a while you can foul a guy, you know, 35 yards from the box and it's not so bad because no one's going to put it right on the other guy's head. But, and that's what the U.S. needs to develop is a guy that can kind of, you know, control the game from a free kick standpoint. And especially with guys like uh, Bocanegra in there, uh, Onyewu, there's a lot of good players in the U.S. in set pieces. The U.S. has actually done very well in set pieces under Bob Bradley. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of their goals have come from them, uh, but not dangerous at all for uh, the majority of the game on Wednesday. No, agreed. And, I mean, they, they did get some attacks that, you know, England would just, you know, take them down knowing that it wasn't really going to be as bad of a deal as letting, you know, a guy like Johnson use his speed to get through. They, you know, they'd take down the midfielder and slow down the game, and, and it worked. I mean, it's, you know, not the, the greatest play, but, it, you know, it's a smart play in that situation. And as you mentioned, too, when the U.S. would give away a foul, you know, I think I think everyone was on their toes expecting, yeah. you know, something from Beckham. Uh, definitely not the case on, uh, on the other side when England was giving away, you know, fouls in the same position, uh, which is something you really have to take advantage of, especially in the international game against, a, you know, a team as good as England. 
uh, who you know didn't make Euro 2008, but they certainly looked like a good team last night. I mean, on Wednesday. <laughs> no, definitely. I think you know, not making Euro 2008, you know, is is more of a shock than anything for a team like that. It's not like you know they sort of were hoping to make it. I mean, it was expected that they would make it when they didn't. You know, that's the bigger shock. So, I don't think you can take their talent into question. I mean, you look up and down that roster. I mean, they're bringing in Joe Cole as a sub. I don't think anyone <laughs> would not take Joe Cole on a club team. I mean, you know, the kind of quality that they had was, you know, it's you can't argue that. So, I mean, even the way that we played in the second half was, you know, much better. But you know. I mean, to lose 2 nothing in Wembley with the crowd that was really hyper because, you know, they had the big thousand, uh, hundredth cap for Beckham, you know, celebration before the game. And, I, you know, Beckham came out and you could see that he was really pumped up to be playing at home. And, you know, they had the big celebration and he set up that goal. And once that happened, you could see, you know, the the, the crowd got into it and it really became a tough atmosphere for the U.S. players. And I know you were at the match. So what did you see from, you know, the crowd there? How many U.S. fans did it look like were there? And. Obviously, a bigger crowd than we see at international matches, you know, here in Foxborough or in Rhode Island, I mean, or in Connecticut. Yep. Uh, but how would you c- contrast those two experiences, and you know, what did it look like over at Wembley? Oh, it was a totally different atmosphere. I mean, from the center, uh, the beginning of the game, I think what was there, seventy-two thousand? I think they announced it as. I'm not exactly sure, but I think it was seventy-two. Uh, they had the big, you know, the placard artwork in the one end of the stadium that you know had the the big English flag and. You know, they had the band setting up all the chants. They had the wave going in, in big cycles towards the end. I mean, the, the crowd really, they knew their chants. The entire stadium knew their chants. And that, that really makes it tough because the noise was coming from everywhere. We had all the U.S. fans. Well, not all of them, but, you know, a good majority of the U.S. fans were in three sections down near the, the end where the U.S. was shooting the second half. So, I mean, our, you know, our, uh, our support was pretty good, I thought, for the, for the location of the game. And it was just a much different atmosphere. They don't really let you stand at all, no matter which section you're in. So it's sort of a, a different style of, of fan support. And one other player that I wanted to bring up from that game that I should think should get some credit was Brad Guzan, who came on and yes. made a couple of nice saves. You know, did a good job not giving up rebounds on a couple of them too. Uh, obviously, it was beat by Steven Gerrard, but I think that was more of a defensive breakdown yeah. than than his fault at all. Um, and he's a guy that was looking to move to the Premier League. Uh, over the summer, had some offers, but couldn't get a work permit. Um, more playing with the national team, I think a game like that would certainly help you know, get an appeal for a work permit. Uh, there's some rumors that he still might have an opportunity over there. Uh, do you think this guy is cut out to play in the Premier League? I, I think he had, I think he has. He's shown in the MLS that he's really you know, one of the best young keepers in the league. I don't see why he couldn't make that move. I mean, I don't know if he'd go to a team like Howard did when he went to Man United, but I think, you know, if he went to a, a mid-level team um, or even a lower, you know, a lower table team, I don't see any reason why he couldn't go there and pick up a starting spot. And I thought, you know, he showed well, had good rebound control, which is one of the things that you need to have, especially in the Premier League where the shots are coming hard and they're coming from everywhere. You need to be able to hold on to the balls, and he does do a good job at that. And we know how well the U.S. has been at producing keepers, uh, but uh, certainly Keller's up there in age. I don't know whether he's going to be you know, around during the next World Cup. He said he wants to be, but uh, we'll see about that. And mm-hmm. then Brad Friedel's retired from the national team. Yep. Uh, but uh, should Guzan go over to the Premier League to provide some you know, great competition to Tim Howard and, you know, can only make this team better? No, definitely. I think you can never have too many too many people competing for the same spot, you know, at any club or national team level, especially goalkeeper, because, I mean, you know, goalkeepers are a fickle thing. I mean, they can be great one year, and then, you know, who knows what happens the next season. And you really need to have depth. And when you have good depth, it, it, you know, it, pr- it produces better results from everyone because everyone tries to step up. And, of course, the U.S. has another big game coming up in Spain, I believe, on uh, Wednesday, June 4th. Correct. Uh, that game, I believe, is at 4 o'clock. 
uh, can be seen live on ESPN360.com or taped late on uh, ESPN2 at 5.30. Uh, that should be another huge challenge for the U.S. Spain plays a different style than England, but yeah. uh, just just as good a team, if not better. Uh, that should be a very interesting game. I know Bob Bradley said he's going to probably make some changes to the lineup. Uh, whether Donovan plays or not remains to be seen, but certainly that would be a huge, a huge plus if he can make that game. Uh, but another exciting game to look forward to. Yeah, definitely. I think Spain brings a totally different style, which should be interesting. I mean, when you, you know, it's good to get, you know, uh, some experience against all the different styles in the world because, you know, when you go to these World Cup qualifiers, not everyone's going to play you the same way. So it's good. I think Spain's going to, I think Spain will prove it to be a really tough matchup. Uh, Torres is amazing. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to watch. I know there's been complaints in the past about the U.S. You know, having an easier schedule and you know not taking on some of the top teams in the world, but certainly hasn't been the case this summer. Uh, they've gotten some, arranged some great friendlies, as we mentioned, to England and Spain. Um, then they got Argentina coming up after that, that game in New York. Yes. Um, so a very good opportunity for the U.S. to you know, to show what they're made of and get some good experience against some of the top teams really in the world. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think coming out with and getting wins on the road is all that important. I think, you know, just, you know, getting used to that style of play, getting used to going into other teams' big stadiums, playing in front of the other teams' fans is is just as valuable as, you know, winning. I mean, yeah, maybe you lose a little bit in the FIFA rankings, but I don't think anyone's expecting U.S. to have a number one seed going into 2010, so you can take a couple losses. But, you know, especially for a young squad, guys like Adu, guys like, you know, that are going in there and getting to play in these big matches that don't get to play in Champions League games like Beasley has. I mean, you know, that's important, you know, to be able to play in these kind of matchups. And certainly I think Bradley was trying to see where some of his European players were at, not necessarily their first-choice team yep. uh, with, as I mentioned, a lot of the MLS guys that could have been playing not there. We do have to wrap this show up, uh, but I would like to mention that, uh, again, you can get more information on Revolution Recap archives uh, and also the new Revolution Recap blog at revolutionrecap.com. Um, I know Dave contributes to the blog a little bit too. We're hoping to add some more uh, information on there. Certainly been doing some more stuff on there lately than we have in the past. Uh, but that's another good good source to get some revolution information. Uh, maybe some things that you wouldn't see uh, overall in just a general news article, things that wouldn't fit. I'm planning to put a couple more quotes up from last night's game of interest up there. Maybe talk a little bit more about the, uh, the, the Fred uh, incident there that I know the players weren't too happy about. Uh, and certainly Nickel wasn't too happy about. But, again, uh, gr- good performance from the Revs to come back last night. Yep. Slow start. Uh, again, the Revs have a game up on, on Wednesday, no, Friday, <laughs> doubleheader with Brazil uh, and Venezuela, and the Revs taking on FC Dallas. And then, of course, on Wednesday, as we mentioned, the uh, U.S. taking on Spain. So uh, another great week of soccer to look forward to. Yeah, definitely should be interesting and, you know, a good, hopefully a good weekend for the, the two matches at the doubleheader. Thanks again, Dave, for joining us. And, uh Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.